the no government shutdown news from the US gave a very, but a very, very short relief to the market, if we could call it a relief anyway, because the US yields kept rising, the US dollar gained across the board and stocks were mixed. The euro dollar, for example, slipped below the 105 level and cable pulled out a major Fibonacci support to the downside and also the Aussie sank to a fresh U today low after the Reserve Bank of Australia kept its interest rate unchanged for the fourth straight month. So welcome. This is Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. So the relief that came with the news of a temporary avoidance of a potential government shutdown in the US remained very, very short-lived. Indeed, it is the least I could say because the sentiment in stock markets turned very, very rapidly sour, both in Europe and in the US. Well, the US Treasuries didn't even react positively to the no-shutdown news. I mean, not even a little bit. They simply didn't react at all. The sell-off in the the U.S. 10-year bonds accelerated instead. The U.S. 10-year yield hit the 4.70% mark, whereas the two-year yield in the U.S. remained steady at around the 5.10% level as the Fed President Jerome Powell didn't say much regarding the future of the U.S. monetary policy when he spoke yesterday, but his beloved colleagues continue to sound sufficiently hawkish. Michelle Bowman, for example, well, through in the middle that multiple more interest rate hikes in the US could be needed to tame inflation and to bring it back to the 2% target. Michael Barrow, on the other hand, said that the interest rates are likely restrictive enough where they are, but they should stay higher for longer you got it so these words combined to a set of still contracting but better than expected manufacturing pmi data from the us yesterday justified also the positive pressure that we saw on us sovereigns on monday's trading session now one thing is that the gap between the U.S. two-year and the 10-year yields is now closing, but it's not necessarily closing for the good reasons, because normally you would have expected the short-term yields to ease more rapidly than the long-term yields when we are approaching the end of a monetary policy tightening cycle, with obviously the market expectations of future interest rate cuts kicking in. But what we see today is the 10-year yield accelerating faster than the two-year yield. That's what causes the narrowing of the yield curve gap, meaning that the root cause of the narrowing gap that we see today is not necessarily the Fed approaching the end of its monetary policy tightening cycle. So this formation is called bear steepening, and it actually usually suggests rising inflation expectations in the Economy, where investors prefer just to wait for the interest rate hikes to stop before returning to long-term bonds. And for the particular case of the US as of today, while the political uncertainties that we see in the US and also a potential government shutdown before this year ends by the end of November and well, an eventual US credit downgrade that could come with all the shenanigans likely add an additional downside pressure on long-dated US papers as of today. And while well, the rising yields are obviously no good for the stock markets. But 
But interestingly, at yesterday's trading session, the S&P 500 closed the session quite flat, but the more rate-sensitive Nasdaq index was up yesterday more than the others. The US dollar index, on the other hand, extended gains past the 107 level, and the dollar index has now recovered half of losses that it recorded since a year ago when the US dollar depreciation had just started to give uh, the global markets a certain relief. The Aussie dollar extended losses to the lowest level since last November this morning as the Reserve Bank of Australia maintained its monetary policy rate unchanged at the first meeting under its freshly appointed governor, Michelle Bullock. Now, this has been the fourth consecutive meeting of pose for the Reserve Bank of Australia, but the bank still said that there may be more interest rate tightening in the horizon to bring inflation back to the 2-3% range in Australia, and inflation currently stands at the 5.2% level. But but the fact that Australia's biggest trading partner, China, is not doing quite well these days, the fact that the real estate market in Australia is battered by the rising interest rates in Australia, and also the fact that the Chinese property crisis is now taking a toll on Australia's steel exports toward China are major factors that could actually keep the Australian growth below target and prevent the Reserve Bank of Australia. Australia from hiking interest rates further down the road. So if China doesn't get well soon, and we hope that it does, well, Australia will see its iron ore revenues, among other export revenues, melt in the next few years, and that's actually negative for the Aussie in the medium run. Now elsewhere, well, the euro dollar sank below the 105 psychological level yesterday, so that was on the back of accelerated dollar purchases from investors and also the softening European Central Bank expectations following last week's lower than expected inflation figures in the Eurozone. But funnily, and I say funnily, it's not really funny, but the weaker Euro is not great news for inflation in the Eurozone as it will make everything, everything that the European imports from exterior more expensive for the Europeans and should therefore at least at some point be seen in the inflation numbers and not on the right direction but to the upside and I see it coming big as a mountain but for now the inflation figures are soft. Across the channel, the picture in cable is not less scary, actually, because the pair slipped below a critical Fibonacci support at yesterday's trading session. That support was the major 38.2% retracement on last year's rebound in cable, and it stands near the 120.80 level. So the cable is now headed toward the 120 psychological mark. Now, obviously, when we come close to psychological mark, we just like question whether it could slip below or not. Well, it's possible we see sterling slip below that level given how uncontrollable the dollar buying has become right now yet the weakening pound is not bad news for the British FTSE 100 index as around 80% of the FTSE 100 companies revenues actually come from abroad and they are US dollar denominated plus plus cheaper sterling actually makes the energy rich the energy heavy FTSE 100 index more affordable for foreign investors. And even though we actually saw the FTSE 100 index fall with sliding oil prices yesterday, and this year's performance is less than ideal compared to its European and American peers, well, London's stock market is now closing the gap with Paris. 
and rising energy prices and waiting appetite for the European luxury stuff because we all offer London its status of Europe's biggest stock market yet again. Now, speaking of oil prices, crude oil sank below the $90 per barrel level at yesterday's trading session. So that was partly due to the overbought market conditions that resulted from a more than a 40% rally since the end of June, and partly because the higher for longer race expectations increase odds for recession. Now, that combined with while the rising oil prices are bad for economies, the ongoing strikes in Detroit, the resumption of student loan repayments in the US, the prospects of weakening US spending, and well, the end of Taylor Swift store. There are many, many reasons that make us think that well, the US economy could be softening in the coming months. Although soft landing is all we hear in the financial news today, but hey, Bloomberg actually posted a brilliant graph showing that optimism tends to peak before a downturn hits. Well, it's not exact science, obviously, but it's just brilliant. This shows how irrational the market and investors can become before the hard reality hits the ground. Anyway, last but not least, Tesla delivery slid in the latest quarter, and they actually slid more than expected by analysts because factory closures for Tesla slowed production of Tesla cars. But according to some people out there, a little factory downtime is not bad news to slow inventory build for Tesla when demand is actually weakening. I'm not sure that's what Elon Musk thinks because he wants to sell as many as cars as possible to gain market share, but Tesla shares are stuck between the 50 and 100 day moving average today, and a move on either direction could actually be determinant for the next few weeks of trading. Now, persistently higher yields now suggest that a deeper downside correction in Tesla shares is more likely than the contrary. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Oskardeshkoya, and thank you for joining me, and thank you for all your beautiful messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful, and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on x and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading